You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4, the starter set. I'm one of your hosts, Mark, or the Lip from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me today is my legendary and ever fateful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. DBN, how you doing today, brother? Oh, doing great, man. Doing great. It's just us. It's it's the OG uh, dynamic, right? Um, the dynamic duo, as some right. might say, in reference to what we're talking about today. See Ooh, how I, very nice. You see how I did that? <laughs> I yeah. do see that. Uh-huh. We lined all of those things up like a batarang that comes back to you. you Y'all, know? we didn't but. even plan this. Mark's just firing them <laughs> off the top of the dome. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. No, Gibby had a baby, man. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, so he's he's dad Gibby now to a beautiful little girl. Yeah, Gibby is uh just the just a great person to be a dad. You know what I mean? Like this yes. has always had dad energy a bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh and so we're just so happy for him. Um his daughter is just freaking adorable. Um and so very very cute. Very Yeah. Cute. And and so he's he's taken this month off uh, just to really, you know, focus time on um, on his wife, Mackenzie and, uh, you know, and his daughter. So, you know, we're just uh, we're just here. Just us, you and me. Yeah. Like old times. Well, listen, I'll say this. Like when you have a when you have a child, the first child, especially it is like you you can't exist in any way that you previously existed for like a couple of weeks to a couple of months, just sort of like depending Mm -hmm. on how traumatic the birthing process was and how quickly your child sleeps. But especially for baby one, like you just, there's no functioning afterwards. It's just like (laughs) you're in a whole new world. And so we were like, Gibby, just like take the month off. We'll go play a game. We'll do the recording. We'll see you sometime this fall. uh, Whenever. Yeah. At some point. Whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready, we're here. Yeah. We're not we're not going anywhere. That's right. Um, and that's really what you need when you have your first kid is you need friends who say, hey, man, we're we're going to pick up right where you left off. Just take your time. Like, do do what you got to do. Go be a dad. So, yeah, exciting stuff in the Gibby household. I'm sure he'll, he'll I'm sure he'll share like a, a ton about oh, that. I, I'm positive he will. Right. He'll be excited, Absolutely. too. Yeah, he's probably going to listen to this and get jealous that he wasn't able to record on it like post posthumously he's, he'll be like oh dang it i should have jumped on then recorded no man now i feel bad like i guarantee you that's gonna happen like that a couple is... weeks into the month he'll be like ah maybe maybe i can make it work guys and we'll have to be like no chill out it's cool just go and just listen just listen for a while like you don't have to do you don't have to do the recording but anyway like so me and dbn in the studio for like basically the next month we're gonna be talking card games what we've been playing and and listen man i feel i i was reflecting on this the other day i feel like legends cast season four has made me such of a more well-rounded card gamer like i played a lot of card games before but i played card games like i played mmos right like i devoted to a singular one Sometimes like years, right? Hearthstone yeah. or Magic or Elder Scrolls or Rune Terra, and I feel like, I feel like at this point it's kind of wild because I think that you were already here because you had played a wider variety of games than me when we started the show. Mm-hmm. I think you were already here, but I feel like I can pick up just about any card game right now and I can grasp the basic dynamics of it and judge it relatively quickly because of the sheer amount of experience that I've had in card games at this point. 
Yeah, w- w- you know, it there's pros and cons, right? Like when you're but when you're bouncing around and trying a ton of different things, like you start picking up patterns, you start seeing, you know, um, it's, it's like, so I remember this is sort of a throwback, uh, to the Tesla days. I remember, um, because I was casting all these tournaments, right. I was like, um, I'm a pretty good player consistently, you know, laddering and, you know, legend and, you know, a couple times top 100, I could beat, you know, the pro players, uh, on the ladder when I ran into them, like I was pretty good, but I, you know, I realized like, I want to know why I, you know, why I'm making these plays because I realized so much of my lifetime experience of card games and and that entire experience in Tesla was like instinctual. Mm. Right. And I could explain certain things like, why is a card strong? Here's a situation where you want to do something, but like the theory behind it. Right. And understanding and breaking down when two different plays that have similar lines, how to ascertain which one's better, right? Things like that. So I got like coached um, and I, I did some coaching sessions with um, Endozoa, who actually I think oh, yeah. came on the podcast at one point. Uh, Endo was on a couple he streams occasionally, too. Uh, last time I saw him streaming, there was like Storybook Brawl, which I think is dead now. I don't, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm yeah, sure. I, I think Endo has bounced around uh, to through a couple games post Tesla, but yeah. very, very, very intelligent, mathematical player, right? And yeah, and he's like a robot, was... man. He was like talking to a robot. Yeah, like, a little he's bit. Just, like he's so he was like so logical. Which I mean, to be honest, like a, a pro level card game player is almost what it requires, right? Like, yeah, I think so. It, there's at least, so much at least math in it in certain games that are more mm. math heavy, right? That's kind of how a lot of the top Pokemon players seem to be too. Um, and you know, um, and maybe that's why I'm not as good at Pokemon as I am at other games, uh, because it's just so much more math and sequencing and probabilities. Um, oh, and the, and the sequencing, like, it's not just the sequencing, right? It's like what I'd never realized about Pokemon was that every turn you do have five or six different paths that you can take. There's actually more paths, mm-hmm. it, even though it's a solitaire esque kind of experience comparison to other card games, yeah. like the solitaire paths that you have to take are probably the most intense and intricate out of all other card games that I've played. Right. No, for sure. And especially because so much of it is like a, these m- small margins. Like if I do this thing to, to thin my deck before I draw seven, I improve my odds of getting the thing that I need this turn. And so, so much of it is not really a, how do I engage with my opponent? How do I predict what they might have? How do I, you know, it's so much more like, how do I improve my odds of playing my best solitaire? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And it's a different kind of, um, you know, it's a different kind of uh, side of your brain, I think, right? Uh, Compared to other games that are more like, you know, reading your opponent, bluffing them, you know, creating opportunities across multiple turns, right? Which um, is just different, right? But anyways, my, my point with the whole coaching thing was that like, yeah, like Indo basically said, hey, you're a great player, but you rely so much on instinct built over time, right? Mm. And, it, you know, you've seen these lines enough that in the back of your brain, you're like, this is the most likely line, I'm going to play against it. But you end up in patterns where you're like, you there's a situation where that enemy line isn't guaranteed and there's a safer line if you play the thing uh play a different thing right and and you need to be able to slow your brain down and stop playing so instinctually and instead you know um walk through the different lines each turn right and it was very helpful for me but my point is with all of this is that like when you play lots of different games your brain is forced to you can't rely on instinct anymore 
right? Yeah. It, there's a there's yeah. a certain amount of instinct that carries over, but instead you start building experience of like reading everything and slowing your brain down and starting looking at things holistically. And I think that that's something well, you, that you this... can pick up how they fit into a puzzle too, right? A yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, okay. I've seen mechanics like this work out in this way before I can kind of get an idea about what my opponent is trying to do, even though I'm new to this game, right? It's not right. taking forever to understand a meta. And I think, and I think that this is, and it also helps you like read. So I'm going to pat myself on the back here for a second. Right. Um, which is just simply that like, uh, Lorcana, right. Lorcana. Um, I've been chatting a ton about this with Gibby. He went to a, another tournament. He finally was able to get out of the house after like a week and a half of, you know, uh, being in the house. He got to go play a, a tournament. He did very, very well. And he played a deck that Gibby and I crafted together. I'm sure when he returns, he'll want to tell y'all about it. So I'm not going to spoil it, but, um, you know, I had been playing this deck that I hadn't really been seeing anywhere. Not that no one was playing it, but it wasn't like in any of the medalists, right? Which mm -hmm. is this, you know, Emerald and Amethyst sort of mid-rangey, like fast mid-range deck, right? It can, it can It's going to play control against the aggro opponents that are faster, and it's going to play aggro against the control opponents. That's what mid-range is, baby, you know? Uh, and I built that deck out of my personal understanding of like, here are concepts that are strong. You know, when you can draw a lot of cards and you can disrupt your opponent's plays, similar to like in Tessel, you would have these mid-range decks that had Shrieking Harpies to Shackle, right? Um, yeah. And uh, and things like that to basically, you're not removing the threat, but you're slowing its effectiveness down. So things like Mother Knows Best to return something to the hand, right? Um, these things are not just good in control. They These things are also really darn good in aggro, right? Mm. So you can blend these two together and so i had been playing this basically green questing is great with some slow slow down material right with like genies and mother knows best to bounce and then purple has a lot of card draw it also has evasive and rush rush is both good to secure uh an aggro win to stop them from doing things right uh and protect your your units but it's also good to slow down an aggro deck themselves like it's just like these things had multi-facets so i had been playing this for like the last month and a half and over the last week or two, that deck has now like risen up through the ranks on Pixelborn and, you know, more content creators are like profiling this deck. Like, you know, everybody was playing this and here's why you should be playing purple and green. And I'm sitting there yeah. and I'm like, I, I obviously, <laughs> I was like, I've been doing that for like over a month. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, now I'm not saying I created the deck. I know other people out there must have been playing this. I cannot be alone and identifying sure. the strength of these two things together. But like the list was eerily similar to what I had built. And it's it's like affirming in the way that you and I are talking about, like because we're trying out all these games, we're picking things up faster. And and our impressions of the game are are like individual, especially new games. They're valuable because we've been through it in these other games and because we're able to pick up things faster than like a larger community of people that are either, you know, specialists in stuff like magic or Pokemon and they have a hard time adapting. I've seen this in my even my play group. You've got people who only ever play Pokemon or magic and they're not adapting to Lorcan and picking up certain concepts as quickly as the generalist players, mm -hmm. you know, who've played yeah, a little bit played of everything. Of, played a bunch of different cards. Yeah, for sure.
Yeah. No, I think I think it's an interesting interesting concept and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently as I've been playing, you know. And and now it's not just competitive card games, right? We've been playing some more solo card games and it mm-hmm. just seems like, you know, someone tosses me something and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll dabble in that. Let's just check it out." Um so speaking of, I wanted to chat a little bit about what we've been playing and in, in my life, I feel like I have played this wide range of stuff recently. Like mm-hmm. this this it's it's just been a lot bigger. So I, I found this new game someone suggested to me. This is not a card game. This new game called uh, God of Weapons, um, which is sort of like a vampire survivor meets Hades. Um, okay. It's $5 on Steam. Um, you choose a hero, and I think there's like nine different heroes that you can unlock that are completely different. And then uh, you go in, and you're basically... Um, you equip a weapon and you're wandering around and that weapon auto attacks the stuff and you have to live a certain amount of time to go to the next round and it gives you a shop and then it gives you this backpack and all of the weapons and augments and pieces that you can put in, give you lifesteal or crit, um, they all take up cubes like Tetris blocks and you have to arrange and rearrange them all into your backpack and increase the size of your backpack as you level up to equip more and more weapons. So eventually you're running around with like a battle axe and three crossbows and two swords and a magic staff <laughs> hanging up. Just like blending people. You're trying to get to uh, the level 20 and beat the boss at level 20. And once you do that, it'll unlock like a new subclass for the knight or it'll unlock the mage or it'll unlock the warlock. It'll unlock a new starting weapon, a new starting relic for five bucks. This game's a tremendous amount of fun. So there's that um, tabletop gaming, though. So I decided uh, back when we did uh, our Lexington trip, if you remember DBN, mm-hmm. I brought a thousand card sleeves with me in my entire Marvel Champions collection. Yep. Thinking like, I'm just going to sleeve these suckers. Well, my math was off. Because as it turns out, I think I own about 4,500 Marvel Champions cards, not 1,000 Marvel Champions cards. <laughs> um, but the, the more recently, uh, Psylocke and Angel uh, from X-Men uh, yeah. or X-Force came out. And so I played a bunch of Psylocke games solo. with I, I paired her with Black Widow, played Psylocke and Black Widow uh, in uh, this uh, single-player campaign against Mojo, which was a tremendous amount of fun. And then uh, this past weekend, man, I sat down. Are you familiar with the game Twilight Imperium? Uh, like I am aware of it. <laughs> so it's like this massive it's space huge, right? exploration long game. So my buddy was like, hey, I really want to play it. I've owned it forever. I've never played it. I want to play it for my 32nd birthday. It's like, do it. Let's set up a day. So this past Saturday was the day it came about. We showed up at nine in the morning at my buddy's house. Uh, we made breakfast, had some eggs and bacon and learned the game at about 1030. We sat down to play the game and we played nonstop until 730 that wow. night. nine <laughs> hours. Um, the whole point is to get to 10 points in the game. Um, we had three of us on the same round, got to 10 points on the same turn. And one of us was at nine points and it's the first one to get there. So our buddy, Greg won. He ended up taking first after nine hours, oh my but gosh. it was wild, man. It didn't even feel like nine hours. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, I will say this. If you get the chance to learn and play Twilight Imperium fourth edition mm-hmm. uh, at some point, schedule the entire day and and make a point to do it because it is it's great. It's really fun game. Yeah, that is uh, that is that's exactly lines up with what I've heard about the game, which is that it is a uh, it's an all day event. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Some games are an all day event that kind of feel like a drag, and you're like waiting for your you know you know uh, yeah. board games. You feel like you're always waiting for your turn, and in this game, you never feel that way because there's it it sort of has like 
mechanics baked around all of the deals that you would make with your friends in like middle school and high school around risk, right? Like right, all of the yeah. handshake alliances that you would yeah, have, yeah. except in this, like they're real. You're like, listen, if you won't attack me, I will give you a ceasefire, which means the next time I invade you, you just turn the ceasefire back into me and I tell you, you can't attack me. Like <laughs> it has actual in-game mechanics for these like loose alliances that you would make in like risk or access and allies, but they baked them into this game. So like so much of the game is the arguments and the wheeling and dealing over the table and like the table conversation that they, they really did. It's a super fun game. Um, and I played this faction that like created wormholes and teleported between wormholes and stuff. I don't know how, you know, physics wise, how uh, truly effective that would be. But in my world, I was able to do that right in my science right. fiction version of the future. Um, but it was, it was super fun. So I've had a chance to play a lot of that. Uh, got even caught up on a little bit of destiny season of the witch and kind of nice. got caught up yeah. on the story. You line. and I need to, to jump in and, you know, run a dungeon or something. We absolutely, yeah. I've, I, like, I haven't played much since Baldur's Gate came out and then, you know, these other games that we've been playing and all that, you know, hey, there's too yeah. many games, right? Obviously. Uh, always, man. Always. Yeah. I think so what have you been of, playing? Season of the Witch is pretty fun. Um, yeah. I've been enjoying the the plot there and some of the repeatable activities are a little bit more engaging, I think, than in, you know, past like season activities where it feels like they're you've done it a million times and it's the same thing every time. So yeah, I think they've yeah. done a good job with that this season. Like it's, it's progressing. They're getting better at it. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously been playing destiny. Uh, I mentioned Lorcana. I've been playing a lot of Lorcana. um, going, uh, pretty much every week, uh, to, um, to play at the local game store. Um, you know, teaching anybody who wants to learn, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's very fun. And, um, I've been doing pretty well at it, you know, um, nice. and, you know, winning, uh, a lot more than I've been losing. So <laughs> I feel like I, it's, it's not necessarily a hard game to wrap your head around, but I will say, you know, it's one of those things where there's so many decisions, so many points throughout the game where it's like, it's all, it feels so like the micro feels so obvious a lot of the times that the game becomes all macro, um, mm. you know, which is like, okay, do I play for the next, how do I play for the next three or four turns? Cause that's going to depend what I ink and how I, you know, what order in which I play these things for the next couple turns, I can map out my next few turns, but what if this happens? How do I want to adapt to it? When do I want to start questing and letting them get free trades? When do I want to stop? you know, questing and keep my characters from being interacted with. Like, again, like I said, because the math is so simple, you don't play a million actions every turn, right? That makes each of the actions, your brain is allowed to sort of sit there and ponder through like, you know, what, what do I do? Not just this turn, but in three turns. Um, sure. And so, you know, and how do I play? I mean, the, like, I don't have a fully blinged out deck as you probably know, right? I, I don't, sure. I mean, not exactly easy to get our hands on the cards, right? No, no. <laughs> and, and, and yet I'm playing against people that do have full, like they've dropped hundreds and hundreds of dollars on it. Right. Hmm. Uh, but yet I don't seem to be having a hard time beating them. Um, and I think that that comes to um, what we were talking about earlier. Right. Which is just like picking up the games quicker. Right. Uh, than other people that like, there are players that have the best cards and they're good players, but, maybe they aren't you know they they play robotically and 
um, they, they don't play like adaptively. Right. And so like I, I sit there and, you know, there's a card, a seven cost card, be prepared, which is a board wipe. Right. Yep. Yeah, well, very good card. I know that that card exists. Therefore I'm, if I'm playing against a red deck that's playing slow, I'm aware that it's a possibility. And so if I see my opponent really not commit a lot of powerful things to the board, I can th- conjecture that it's possible that they have that. And if I'm already ahead on board, I don't need to, con- I don't need to flood the board and go o- like go literally overboard. Uh, no pun intended. Um, you know, putting a bunch of things out and just adding to the risk factor of a board wipe and instead playing around it because I know it's a possibility and saying, Hey, I'm, I've got three or four things that you can't deal with. If you board wipe fine, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste any more cards, put any more cards at risk to quote unquote win more. Right. Yeah. But you do see a lot of players making those basic mistakes and, you know, over, you know, over clearly none of them have played into flame strike before. Yeah, clearly Uh, not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no one's had that very painful experience. Not enough or or Dawn's wrath. Yeah. Nobody stacked up their shadow lane only to get Dawn's wrath. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So anyways, um, that's been fun. Uh, Obviously, Pokemon, which I'm still like, to be honest, still struggling to perform well in in the same way that Lorcana feels so easy to me. Mm. Pokemon feels so, uh, not overwhelming. I just, there's so much that, um, comes down to like luck. Like, well, the only way I win is if I find a boss's order this turn, let me draw 11, 12 cards and see if I find, Oh, didn't find it. Darn. Or it'll be like, I better get set up quickly because my opponent's playing Mew and Mew is, Mm -hmm. you know, and so if I can't get set up in the first turn or two, I can't win. Ah, man, couldn't find any basics. Well, crap. And so the problem there, right, is I am playing at my local store and there's a lot of really, really good players. Mm. And they, they traveled all these big events, right? So they, they know what they're about. And more than that, they only play meta, which is fine, but a little... Sure. So much Mew VMAX oh. after a while, you're like... Ugh. Yeah, I mean, and it's diverse. There's Guardi EX, Mew VMAX, Lost Box, all those sorts of things. Well, but you know, at the end of the day... It's definitely a game that lends itself towards playing meta, especially because they do create purchasable products that basically yeah. give you the meta deck, right? So Right. And so it's hard to... Because you, you know me as a player of games i like to build competitive off meta yeah right. competitive off meta right and so it's hard to do that in pokemon and i have mm-hmm. to fight my desire to win uh if i'm gonna play off meta stuff or i have to play meta and win and be like kind of bored quickly get bored you know what i mean like i can only play Maraid on so many times before it gets boring the efficiency of Pokemon's like key meta decks and the way that they create the meta very clearly, right? Yeah. With cre- printing certain V's and V maxes and EXs and stuff, right? Yeah. Is such that like there isn't a tremendous amount inside of the efficiency of meta decks that is exploitable because of the sheer amount of card draw that is in this game. Yeah. Whereas like 
meta decks in every other card game that I've played have exploitable weaknesses because they're not as stable due to the lack of draw in comparison to a game like Pokemon. But with that, though, I do have to ask because I'm Mm -hmm. excited about it. Like, are you messing around with any 151 stuff? Because Pokemon 151 like just came out and it is like it's the I had to actually quit buying Pokemon and tell my wife I'm done right now because it's like there's so much nostalgia for me in the 151 set that mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my house. I cannot buy into this set. Right. <laughs> well, so, uh, before I lost my job, uh, I had pre-ordered a, uh, ETB of 151 knowing I would want it. Yes. Um, okay. so, uh, got that. And then I found one on the Walmart shelf, uh, and bought another one. Um, okay. and I shouldn't have bought it. Like <laughs> should not, uh, I, yeah, it. it was literally one of those things where like, obviously, you know, being on the job search and, you know, trying to watch my spending semi carefully. Right. It's like, I, I can fully recognize I shouldn't have bought it, but there are some days where like, after you've submitted 10 job applications and you, you haven't heard back from anybody, you're just like, I just need something like, I just need, <laughs> you know, the, I just need the, um, the adrenaline rush of cracking open a pack. You know what I mean? And so when I went to Walmart, not with the intention of getting Pokemon cards and then saw that, because the Pokemon 151 has been fully sold out at a lot of these places. I've been, I know that because I've been looking for Lorcana, you know, okay, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. never there. But I've noticed that 151 was never there either. And there was one ETB. So I said, all right, fine, I'll buy it. Um, I... So I've talked to Curry about this, our resident Pokemon expert, former, you know, masters, super competitive, pro. like went to worlds a bunch of times, you know, really, really skilled Pokemon player. Um, and uh, uh, he, his, his opinion on it was that, that 151 is a great set for collectors and pretty garbage for competitive Pokemon, mm-hmm. as in there's not a lot of good cards in it for competitive Pokemon, but there are one or two that are like, wow. So the new Mew EX, very, very powerful, going to be in a lot of decks for a long time, super versatile, um, and it'll be a strong one of in most meta decks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I did get uh, a Zapdos EX, which oh, is cool nice. and really that's fun. That's a good one, too. Yeah, and that's slapping in, that in yeah. my Maraidon list. But uh, that's that's pretty much it. I, I did enjoy opening it. I do want to build a Golem EX deck because I love the old OG you know, Pokemon and Golem EX yep. looks yeah. and Wigglytuff EX also looks semi playable in a fun deck. So looking forward to that. But I feel like we've been rambling about all sorts of other games. Oh yeah. Uh, we're like 25 minutes. We're in 25 minutes in I'm on the title. Right? <laughs> we're sorry. Yeah. We could uh, keep going. I would love we, to we keep truly, going. But truthfully yeah, we could. Yeah. But um, let's, let's dive into dual force. And for most of these games, when we dive into a new game, we do first impressions, but typically We've been playing it for a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, yep. And and that's just because we usually have figured out ahead of time what we're gonna do. Well, like a day or two ago, Mark texts me. He's like, "Have you have you uh, played anything yet?" Like, because originally we were gonna do, I think, Monster Train, right? Monster Train, and then it was like. Oh man, I don't know. Like I haven't really had the time to play it. Like, is that really what we want to cover? Gibby was excited about that one too. And he wasn't going to be able to be part of it this month. We felt bad about that. So, so, so after last episode where, where Mark was like, dual force seems crappy and I don't know if we should do this. Um, we're like, okay, yeah, we won't do it. 
I was like, well, you know what? Let's but try. What it. if we did? What if we what? did it anyway? But also, what if we went into we the side? You know <laughs> what, what I mean? What if we lied and we did it anyway? Yeah. Just you know, uh, it's it's like steer into the crash. You know, like yeah. <laughs> what if we did it anyways? Um, and so I truly, I got up this morning. I went and shipped out some Pokemon cards I was selling. Nice. Um, I sent Gibby uh, some Lorcana stuff, uh, a couple singles that he needs for a deck. Uh, get went grocery shopping, came back around uh, 10.30 and booted up DC Dual Force. It's now 2 o'clock. Um, so so I've only a couple hours. Two to three hours of, of, yeah. of impressions of this game. Truly, first impressions. This is what you're getting. It's authentic. It's fresh. I'm so excited to talk about it because I had a, I went in expecting to be not to not enjoy it and maybe that's why i ended up enjoying it okay um so that's just the disclaimer here but we have like um everything split up in terms of like how we want to you know go through this and and i'm a fan of just telling you guys you know and at the start of this like here's what we're going to go through we're going to talk about the tutorial it's short we're going to talk about the gameplay, what that looks like, and then do some initial impressions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then next week, uh, you know, we'll close with with telling you all what we're going to talk about next week. Now, Mark, I think we're just going to do two episodes this month. Yeah, on this anyway. Right. I think on this anyway. And the main reason for that is, listen, guys, this game is in open beta. Um, and I would say this is, right, this isn't like LOR's open beta. Right. You remember yeah. when LOR's open beta came out? It was and we basically were looking for a full game. Experience. It was a full game. That is not the case with this game. This is like, you know, you're if you're if you're downloading this on your PC to play it now, you're kind of you're kind of getting on the plane before the wings are fully attached, right? Mm-hmm. Like it they're putting this sucker together as we get into the air. Um, and so it definitely feels that way. It doesn't feel not polished. It like the artwork's beautiful. You know, there's some veneer stuff that's very nice. But it feels like Marvel Snaps beta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would agree with that. Right. Not everything is super tweaked. Not everything super refined. A lot of, lot of bugs, <laughs> a lot of bugs, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I think there's one. Remember every time we'll you played into. Colossus, you couldn't, you didn't get to see uh, image art for the rest yeah. of the game. <laughs> yeah, like, so there's some stuff, there's some stuff, but it is, uh, you know, it's playable. You can get on it, play it before we dive into it. I want to, I just want to bring up a couple, two things that are, I think, important because I just did a little bit of research on the game itself and took a look at who's developing it. So one of the main creators or developers, it's it's WB Games and DC Comics, but then the two that are actually making the game, the main game company has only made like WWE and (laughs) UFC games for like the last seven years. Like they don't really have anything else. Like they they have one card game that I saw that was a fighting card game. It was like a card game where you played the cards and it was sort of like a tactical game, kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, like Fire Emblem, but it was a card game. Okay. Um, and it came like out Duelist. like, yeah, well, yes, like Duelist. It looks more scenario based than Duelist. Right? Okay. More gotcha. like Battle Map. But so, <laughs> okay. Um, and, I'm, and I'm thinking like that's the only game since they've started like 1995 that has come out. So hmm. the other one was like, I don't know, it's TCG something. And I looked them up. This is the first game they've made. This is wow. the first. Now they have a magic, the gathering person. They have somebody who did like branding for Disney. I looked at some of the people on their team. They have people with like 
pretty good resumes, right? It's not like their team is made up of people who've never designed a card game before. Right. But my point is, is this is pretty new, right? This isn't like Snap where you had somebody like Ben Brode who was coming over to help develop the game. And Brode had, you know, how many years at Hearthstone, kind of had that Trek record, had the Disney money behind yeah. him. WB money's different than Disney money. Let's just be real. No, true. Um, right. And then the team that's making this game in terms of their experience in card games is very different. So I think you're also like, yeah. you, you also have to admit that like this, I don't know. I, I, I truly don't know how long this has been in the works, but I'm, I would wager it only got started after as a reaction to Marvel to Marvel snap. Like I maybe would say not, the exact same. I'm sure it was like one of those things where once DC found out that, that, you know, they, the Marvel was making a card game. They started spinning this up. And then once um, I saw it successful, they're like, let's get some funding behind. Let's this really thing, do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so in everything down to, and I was going to wait on this, but just for context, everything down to the battle map is vertical. Yeah, they're oh, designing yeah. this so that it can be a rival to Marvel Snap, which let's be real for the last like three decades. DC has always followed what Marvel has done. <laughs> yeah. And and it used to kind of wait, you know, way back DC before like Stan Lee came in. DC was the leading, you know, sort of comics uh, and, and they ripped off of each other during the, you know, golden and silver age. Right. You know, but like, sure. You know, DC used to lead the charge on a lot of things, and Marvel would be the one sort of behind, right? And now it's, I mean, Marvel does something, and DC turns around and does a not as good version of it, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, keep in mind, if you love Marvel Snap, this game's clearly trying to compete with it. It is yeah. a, it, there, but I, I would Can say I, there are striking differences between the oh, two the that I think are very play good. Is very, very, different. very different games. So, different games. Thematically, though, you're going to feel a lot of the same vibes in terms of the outlook, like the type of game, the design yeah. of like the space down to the design of the map, the design of the cards, like the yes. design of your collection, like all of those things are taking direct hints from what Snap's already doing. And right? it's more complicated, which I think is a um, potentially a boon. Uh, we'll see. So let's shall we shall we just jump in the, with what, the tutorial? Yeah, tell us about the because you played it today and I did not. I played it a couple weeks ago. Tell us about the tutorial and I'll, I'll give a quick gameplay overview after that. Yeah, the tutorial is so short. Like it's not it's, long. It is not long at all. Um, it, you you boot up. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. Batman starts talking to you. Now, a lot of the stuff is voice acted in this game. Maybe not every card yet, but I think they're working towards that, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, Batman is like, I'm going to tell you about this game. Now let's start talking about the contrast settings. Oh wait, the Joker attacked. All right, we'll get into that later. And so yeah. it's like very funny where he's like, and now let's talk about the top five strongest cards that you'll want to craft in this game. Oh wait, crap, Lex Luthor. All right, we'll get back to this later. <laughs> little tropey, little yeah. meta. They sort of, you know, it was, breaking it was fun. the third wall some. Yeah, it was fun, you know, and uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it um, from that perspective. They get you in. Uh, and basically across three little games that are like the first two games are scripted and the third game is like not scripted, but obviously weighted in your favor. Um, you play through and learn the, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say they're simple mechanics, right? Um, but they are, they get the basics out of the way and then sort of leave you to figure out a lot of the keywords, a lot of the, um, you know, more complicated, uh, like 
nuances of the game, right? And and some uh, things they leave completely like unsaid, right? Like you, they don't tell you anything about deck building. They don't tell you anything mm-hmm. about um you know, uh the factions which are a thing, but they say no words about it like period. And instead, throughout that tutorial, um you unlock three different starter decks which has is made up of six different um heroes yeah. uh heroes and you get a couple extra heroes i, I don't remember exactly how many i'm Poison gonna look that up IV right now something maybe yeah i'm gonna look up exactly how many you start with now but uh point is you sort of uh get your basic stuff you get enough for two packs and they send you on your way and it's yep. fun but it's definitely simple and doesn't take long which for you know okay truthfully i don't like long tutorials Sure, um, neither because, of us do. We've played a lot of card games. And so on, on one hand, I like that. On the other hand, I do wish that, like, and, and basically once you're done with the tutorial, you get into the menu and you can go click into the different areas. And when you get into that area for the first time, you'll get talked at a little bit by one of the superheroes. You think Lex Luthor, would you like click start a created deck, Lex pops up and gives you some information. Some right. real basic stuff. Very basic stuff. And so I think that there's room for improvement in terms of the deck building side of things because it did take me a couple of clicks to be like wait factions exist wait okay i can toggle through these things like i had to figure all of that out for myself i don't think it's necessarily like the cleanest but we'll get into that later point is the tutorial for what it is uh and for being in beta not bad and they do give you um multiple decks out the gate to start playing with and um that's it like yeah it's nothing a, more it's quick. nothing yeah i think they're banking on the fact that most people who will go in and intentionally download this game on in their beta. pc in beta are yeah. card gamers probably right? and so the basic mechanics of it because the, they haven't done a huge campaign for this right it i'm sure that dc has a following but at this point like marvel snap or lorcana you better have a pretty decent tutorial or idea instructions on how to play this game because there's going to be a ton of just marvel fans or just disney fans are going to pick up that game just because i don't i suspect that a game like dc dual force despite having what i believe like i love the dc ip like just to be Mm -hmm. very clear like i was a dc fanboy for a very long time um i was i don't really own any marvel comics own a ton of dc comics so like the artwork in this the comic book series in this like all of that stuff is super appealing to me and i love it i freaking love that um all of that to say that i think most people who download this game probably play card games you don't need a really robust tutorial i would actually expect them to go back and revisit that before launch that would be one of those things that i would be yeah, would not be surprised if it was more robust at launch to be fair they did that with runeterra too i think where they like improved the new player experience as it got closer yep. to launch i think they yeah, did I think, the same with marvel snap but i don't know i think targan i think targan really did like when targan came out yeah. and the game formally launched maybe that was before bilge i don't know there was a point in which mm-hmm. like that tutorial experience got better um i don't know how unwieldy it is now but yeah so then gameplay let's talk about that like how does the game actually play and how do you throw a deck together so your deck is made up of two heroes when you go to make a deck you're going to choose two heroes they come from one of i think six different factions um and those factions have colors associated with them yellow green red blue you know the things that you would expect um and so you're going to choose two heroes and those are basically going to be um, like your health pools, um, they're going to be on the right and the left side of your board. Um, you're going to have six spots on your board total, three up front and three below. Um, and you're going to have a hero on the right and on the left in the back right and back left hand 
corner. Um, and uh, then you're going to make up your deck with additional cards um, being sort of like minions or, you know, creatures that you can play, which are going to be other heroes. Uh, and then actions, uh, which are, you know, one-time use abilities, very similar to like sorceries uh, or instant spells and magic or, you know, spells and runeterra, whatever have you. Um, nothing overly complex about card types there. They don't have a ton of extra ones. There's not a lot going on in that area, except that the deck has to be split evenly between those two factions. So, for example, I think... I really I mean, like this, by the way. Yeah, I think Flash is green, and I think Superman is red. You play a Flash Superman deck, you have to, you must have 20 green cards for Flash and 20 green cards for Superman. And if you wanted to have, theoretically, I think that you can do a deck that's one faction, right? And you could play all red or all green mm -hmm. or whatever. But for the most part, you're going to split between two different factions, play two different heroes. Um, and those, I don't even know what all of the different factions the heroes are in. I've played a decent amount of, I think like Flash, I played a little bit of Batman as well. Um, and then the game is just going to go, which I think is maybe the most unique thing about the gameplay is the resource system. So round one, you are going to start with a bronze resource. Round two, you will have two bronze resource. Round three, one of your bronze resource will turn into a silver resource. Round four, two silver resources. And then round five, a gold resource appears until you have two gold resources. So every round, those are going to upgrade. And every one of your cards costs one of those three types of resources, either a bronze, a silver, or a gold. And if you have a gold resource and want to play a bronze card with it, perfectly acceptable. You can downgrade. You just can't freely upgrade uh, your resources. And so at the max you're doing is you're playing two cards a turn. You're going to draw one card at the beginning of your turn. You're going to play those cards out, and then you're going to choose to attack. Um, if you don't have a, a minion in front of one of the heroes, you can attack the hero directly. Um, and if uh, there is, you have to clear out that minion or that other guy that's in front of the hero before you can attack the hero both heroes have a health pull the other mechanic that's interesting is each hero has a special ability that powers up throughout the game every time it is your turn starting with the second player on turn one those abilities on every one of your heroes are going to charge each hero has a different ability that can be activated once they reach their charge amount um, and so for example flash has a two charge it's going to give him two attack and fury which allows him to attack twice that turn and it is going to trade damage back and forth. Minions do hold on to their damage in addition to your heroes, just like you would uh, in a game like Runeterra, whereas Magic the Gathering, you fully heal after a battle. You don't keep those damage counters on you. Uh, and you're just going to go back and forth until somebody eliminates the other two players' heroes before your heroes, like before the other person's heroes, are are defeated. Um, and, that's, and that's the basics of the game. There's not mm -hmm. a whole lot more to it than that. I would say to me, DBN, that the gameplay isn't overly unique, but the resource system, I think, is. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this, right? Um, my, I was originally struck by, oh, okay, it's it's Hearthstone. Like, yeah, that's basically. where I... But what's what I, I... As I played through, I realized there was some nice nuance in that the... The way they chose to implement the mechanics that are so obviously, you know, Hearthstone adjacent, right? Things like having leader abilities and, you know, the minion trading back and forth and having mana crystals. They made all of them more streamlined and uh, established them in a way that was self-limiting such that um, the game is not as snowball-y. It can be. Don't get me wrong. Mm. This is not like um, like every card game. It, it basically can be snowbally, right? There's there's a certain element where you don't want a player who's ahead to not be rewarded for being ahead, right? 
But at sure. the same time, there are core mechanics in place where um, you can't rush down um, of one, you know, a leader's health bar because they have another leader. Well, you mm. can, and that's probably a strategy. But while you're rushing that leader down, they could be building powerful threats on the other side, protecting the second leader, right? The idea of the deck building, right? Where you pick two leaders and you can play um, cards from those factions, but it has to be an equal split. That means you can't just run an all one color deck and farm out for a couple of the strong cards on the other side. You have to commit to, to both balance. of those factions and balance them, which is something that like, if, you know, I'm sure some players are like, oh, but I really just want more of these, you know, might cards. Like I want to play 30 might. You can't. You have to, you know, you, you have to have an even split that's represented by these, you know, different uh, factions slash leaders that are in those factions, right? Um, even down to the resource system, right? Where you have these two, um, I think they're just called resources, but they're they're symbols. I, I'm not sure exactly what they're called yet. I can't remember. Like basically mana gems, right? But you only ever have two. So you can only play two cards per turn that cost something. Now there, you can generate cards. Um, Batman has a lot of uh, gadgets, which is really fun. They're very low they powered, really, yeah. very low powered cards, right? They do simple things, but they are free and they don't, they have the, a, a grayed out gym or whatever section on the card cost. Right. And there mm -hmm. are a, th a few cards in each faction, like Jimmy Olsen, uh, in, in might, right. Jimmy Olsen is a, a zero one or a zero two little guard, right? He's, yeah, he's got like shield and that's yeah, like, and yeah, he's, but he's free barrier. Right. Um, and so there are times where you can play more than two cards per turn, but in general, you're not going to be able to get ahead and then just play everything out from your hand, kind of like you can in, in Hearthstone when you're playing aggro, right? Mm -hmm. um, you just kind or, of... Or LOR even or, when you're yeah. playing aggro, right? Like a flood board, go wide board, right? There's no, there is no go wide mechanic in this. Well, the game feels more contained than that because it's of the size a, yeah, of the it's board and the resource system. You can't have more than uh six units including your two leaders out at any one point so usually four like realistically like yeah four. yeah and so obviously um you know and then similarly to um something like uh and this reminded me a lot of versus system another <laughs> superhero card game mm -hmm. um in that you have the rows the front and back so you can protect the things in the back with a unit in the front um and so something i'd been doing right like i built an arkham inmates deck um, which you get a, some of the cards for, um, just in one of the starter decks with Harley Quinn and, you know, uh, poison, poison Ivy. Ivy. I think, right? yeah. Um, but I, I had pulled some from some of my packs, like a couple of more inmates cards. So I was like, Oh, I'll just build. I love, I love the Batman rogues gallery. I'll build this. Sure. Um, and so you can get a card like Clayface that grows every time you play an Arkham character, right? Well, I'm going to slap Clayface in that middle section where there's a back row that isn't a leader. You have one slot in the back row that isn't a leader. I'm going to slap him in the back and then put something big in front so he can keep growing and it's harder for them to interact with them. But then there's a few cards, like there's a hunter keyword that allows you to attack anyone regardless of if they're being protected or not. And so, you know, that row you know, separation mm -hmm. there and of course a guard mechanic just like Taunt and Hearthstone. Um, these are all mechanics we've seen elsewhere. There's really nothing truly original there. It's just that they're done in a way that there's a spin on it with each system. Not just like there's a, like Duelist was, the spin on it is it's Hearthstone on a grid. 
That's it. Duelist yeah, was Hearthstone on a grid. There was nothing more unique about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, except for the every turn mulligan. That was really cool. Um, <laughs> but, That's true. Yeah. But, you know, but this game, every single piece that they stole, they changed or adapted or self-limited in such a way that it feels uh, refreshing. And more than that, I think it does feel very uh, streamlined. So um, sure. from a gameplay perspective, like it's not unique, but it is um, new yeah, and refurbished almost. So from some first impressions, we want yeah. to do the good, right? The good. What's the yes. good? Um, for me, and I'll be quick on this because it's not that there is not many good things. I just want to make sure that we can, you know, work our way through all the stuff. Um, I think for me, the good, I played a lot of the solo stuff. Um, they have these comic books that you can get into where um, it basically you're playing through a story. They give you a deck and you try to beat a scenario. I actually think the solo stuff is some of the most intriguing and fun out of all the solo stuff that I've done, I like it. I like it substantially more than when Hearthstone had like puzzles to solve. Um, I like it a good bit more than even Path of Champions, which was kind of the craze for a while, right? In yeah, LOR. I never got into Path. Yeah, I think that this has been one of the more intriguing solo experiences that I've had. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I really, really enjoy it. I think that it rivals some of Tesla's solo experiences. Now, a lot of Tesla's sure. solo experiences were kind of like, once you were done, you were never going back to them. They say that, you know, once you own these comics, you can come back and replay them and they keep some in the shop that are free all the time. And if you subscribe to them, which we'll talk about in the, in the bad, probably uh, you get access to the entire backlog of comics. So theoretically, I think that's one of my favorite pieces was the comics. The other thing that I thought was good is I, I actually like the resource system. Um, I think the resource system is simple and I really did like it. I thought that that was the biggest change from a classic card battler that they've given us. Um, and I liked that adjustment. Beyond it, it, that, I love the theme because I love pairing up some DC heroes yeah. and DC villains together. So personally, that speaks to my DC loving heart. So theme resource system single player content i really enjoyed all three of those things so far just on the resource system the last thing i'll say because i just started talking about it earlier and then i got distracted um but the um the thing that i think is so great is how the resource system inherently ties into the deck building system and that balancing the number of you know bronze silver and gold cards that you play almost similar to gwent right where you could load up on all gold cards, but that would probably be stupid, right? Because then you'll have mm-hmm. nothing to play for the first like five turns. Um, yep. In that same way, there is inherently this desire like, wow, what if I played all bronze cards so that I can always play, you know, something out every turn, right? From the beginning of the game. But I've played a few games where I have a good mix of bronze, silver, and gold cards, and I've missed on turn one. Oh, crap. No no bronze cards. Man, maybe I need to pare this down, right? And then, oh, I've, I had a game where, you know, I was trying to close out a game, and I drew, like, th- three of my six gold cards back to back to back, and I could only play one per turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some deck building um, ramifications of the in-game resource system, which I think is really unique. And, um, you know, that never really matters to things like hearthstone outside of like you know yeah you don't want to be drawing seven costs and stuff like that but it's a little bit different when it's like from turn one you know there's you could potentially play 30 of your cards not just here's you know one card oh i have four one drops in the deck do i draw one drop no pass no like 
you could play one of any of these 40 cards potentially on turn one if yep. you played all bronzes or, you know, whatever. So it's just, it's a little bit more uh, tied together. For me, the other things that I like, I made a little list here, right? I think the positioning is really cool. I do kind of wish there were a few more cards that allowed you to move your own allies, or if that was a basic ability that you could do is instead of attacking mm. to like shift somebody over in front of your leader. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed that that would be a thing and then it wasn't. Um, yeah, because it feels like being able to move your leader around the board to different locations could be really valuable. Yeah, and I wonder if that's something that they'll ever do, or if they'll add like a package of cards that allow that lets you do it. Because there are cards that allow you to move your enemies' recruits. So that's basically minions. Um, and so I just wonder if there will be stuff for that in the future. But I did like the nuance of positioning and like, okay, I know my opponent's going for this leader. Maybe I let them go for the leader and put something somewhere else to disincentivize them from clearing this minion because I want to do something with it next turn. Mm -hmm. um, I think the card art is great. I think the theming of the cards is great. Like I pulled early on, like the first pack I opened, I pulled Alfred. I love Batman. I love the Bat family. I love Alfred. And Alfred was so cool and perfect for, um, you know, for who he is as a character, right? The card uh, is basically... Um, Them it was thematically it's fitting. perfectly thematical he he every turn if you have a bat if you if batman's your leader um he generates a bandage card because he's gonna oh, patch up great. batman that's yeah great. yeah it's so great right and there's all these other things you know um if you play bruce wayne he generates an investment card an investment card is you know it's a bronze resource and then you get to draw right and so like there's all of these great ways that you know um all of your different characters feel flavorful now some more than others the more obscure characters have the more basic effects but i mean you're not going to see any of the main you know cast and crew that feel boring right? oh yeah 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 absolutely um, and so that's just really really fun as as fans of the dc characters um i already said i love the deck building um there are some things that you know i think we're going to talk about the the bad and then the ugly and the ugly being things that you know because it's in beta, here's some things to expect. Here's some things to watch out for, right? Um, but on the flip side, the opposite of that, that I've had in the good, there's some features that even other games still don't have, which is like a full in-game action history that you can scroll all the way down to the beginning of the game. You can right-click yeah. on any of those actions and read the cards. Like, it's impossible it, to find in the Pokemon DCG. Yeah, like, yeah, Pokemon yeah. doesn't oh even have that. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really great. You can right-click to I found that to be really valuable because there are some things as you're learning the game that like, just happen and you're like where is like how wait what what wait what happened what was yeah. going on there and i can go back and like read through the impact and then what that hit and yeah i yeah i think that's been really nice for the game and then the other thing i just wanted to say was the depth of the dc lore that they get into is sick all of these mm -hmm. way more obscure characters that you know marvel snaps like limited card pool because of the nature of the game uh, it took them a while to get into that and to get into these, you know, more obscure characters. And you're already seeing like random Green Lantern characters that you're like, what? Yeah, Kilowog, like Kilowog showing yeah. up and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, um, and like, and all like all the reverse Flash, like, so, or like this Flashpoint alternate versions, right? Yeah. Like Warmongering Wonder Woman and like, the, like you know, oh, the King Thomas Wayne Batman. Yeah, the Thomas Wayne Batman card, which I just unlocked last night, which is a lot of fun. Um, 
Yeah, there's some really cool Mercy, things. Dude, Mercy is really strong. Like um, uh, Lex Luthor's assistant. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, like she's like really cool and really strong. And like that's a character that like not a lot of people remember Lex Luthor's basically assistant. assassin assistant. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there's some really good stuff there. Let, let, but let's talk about the bad because everyone knows that this is coming to a certain extent. We talked yeah. about it on the last episode as we were finishing some of our conversation around, uh, uh, oh my gosh, around Lorcana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the easiest one to look at this and say the bad, the monetary system is not great in this game. Now, I'm willing to come off that a little bit. They actually made some adjustments. So uh, there was like no crafting at all in the game when I played it last. I think that they've updated, although they don't make it very clear how to do it. I think they've updated and you can actually make some cards now. Yeah, they have um, an atomization function or something like that, which I don't have any duplicates, so it doesn't matter to me yet anyway. So I have no feedback on how it works. <laughs> yeah, neither neither do I. Um, but they've made some stuff a little bit more accessible. I think the monetization of this game, the combination of it being a pretty aggressive pack system, mm-hmm. um, along sure. with, it's not super cheap, along with a subscription system that is part of the game as well um for me personally it feels i I don't want to say that it's wrong i'm just saying that it feels dated right it feels very old in comparison to where digital card games are today and the concern that i have is that this game is dead on arrival because of that right that like Mm. when when it's coming into a market and it's not the first Right. It's not Hearthstone. So it doesn't have the luxury of having years of people's experience collecting the cards, which is going to keep them in the game. And it's coming in to compete with games like Marvel Snap and like Legends of Runeterra that in this space you can collect. I didn't even say this in the pre, but I got back on last night onto LOR and Mm -hmm. I looked at all the new cards I have not played for a year. I crafted every single card in the game and have 65,000 shards left. Now, it cost me about 340,000 shards to craft every card in the game, but I have every single, a three I mean, of, fair, of every single card in the game. To be fair, we also talked about how that was potentially a problem with LOR, is that it was too free, and therefore you felt no connection to the, the things that you had acquired. Like, that oh, sure. Was I my still don't feel a it. connection, right? Like, the only reason I'd be playing that game right now is because I'm like, well, now next time I get on, I can't just get the endorphin hit of crafting all and, these cards. And I and something I've sort of reconnected with with Lorcana is that when you pull a couple cards that you're like, wow, these are awesome, and I can build a deck around them because there's a bunch of other cards I'm missing, there is a certain level of connection. Like, I really love my one John Silver. It's won me a lot of games. Uh, and I, I have an attachment now to that card, that literal card, but also like, I am fully aware that like, I overvalue a few of the cards, like, uh, that I've used as placeholders. Like I've been using Dr. Facilier, this two drop as a placeholder, right. For things that I haven't had. And I've got, and because I've learned how to use the card that every, no one else uses this card, like truthfully, no one else used it, but I looked at it, I said, I think this is like not a bad fill card. And now I'm like, here's all the reasons why it's good. Maybe I shouldn't cut it. Maybe the card (laughs) that everybody else plays is the bad card. You know what I mean? So like there's a, there's a certain fun in not having everything. 
And oh, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that the monetization model in this compared to right. other games might, in the digital space specifically, yes. might make it dead on arrival. Right. And so, and, and for the record, and, and I'm, I'm just going to kick this off by saying, I agree. It's not perfect. I think it's a, they've missed on a couple areas, um, but I'm going to run through. I, I kind of took some notes. So for the audience, like we can quickly run through. Here's what's free and here's what's paid for. Okay. Yeah. So to start, here's what's free. Uh, you get three starter decks. Uh, when you join, you basically get about uh, enough coins for two packs. And then yep. you get some packs um, as well. So I think in total, you get to open five packs after doing all the tutorials. Um, and then you get three starter decks. Additionally, you can play through uh, three comics uh, that are free. Um, and supposedly they're going to rotate every once in a while. So you might get might another five, new comic. Actually, no. Maybe there's three. Uh, I thought I looked earlier and I thought there was three, but maybe it's maybe five. there's three and then three that are locked behind the subscription. That could be. Um, I'm looking at right now. I only see three available to me, but supposedly they'll rotate and some will become free and rotate in and out. So you may just not be able to do them all mm -hmm. at once. Um, so uh, daily logins. There's a daily login track that goes throughout the course of the month. So if you log in every day, you'll get some stuff. Uh, usually it's random rares, cosmetics, um, you know, usually not a lot of packs or currency, um, but it might be a specific card. Um, every day you get a quest. Now this is interesting. On the main menu, it tells you uh, a little bit about what uh, DC Dual Force is about when you log in. So it tells you you get a, a daily login um, it says, be sure to log in each day for your daily login booster pack reward. That's not a thing anymore. It does not give you a booster pack. <laughs> uh, it also says, uh, earn 200 dual coins for every win. That is true. And this is something I want to revisit in a second. And it also says, earn a thousand dual coins for each daily quest. Mine was only 750. I only got 750 from the, from the daily quest. And then it says 4,000 dual coins for every weekly quest. Mine was only 3,000. So don't trust the thing on the main menu. They need to update that because yep, it is they cut not those back on me too. It is not correct. Um, but uh, every pack costs 2,000 coins. So uh, you get a daily quest for 750. Maybe it goes up to 1,000 depending on the difficulty of the quest. I don't know yet. I haven't seen enough quests. Mm -hmm. Weekly quest, 3,000 coins. That's a pack and a half. Okay. Um, the win rewards. This is interesting. Because a lot of other games make it really hard to collect um, coins by grinding. If you win yes. in ranked, you get 200 coins, which is uh, a tenth of a pack. Do we know if that's indefinite or not? So I far, um, I it's never stopped giving me coins, and I see nowhere okay. where it says it'll stop. If it does, that's a problem. But I think, I think that if you, you know, get... 20 wins, you can buy two packs. If you get 40 wins, you can buy four packs. I don't see why that would be a problem. And I've always said this about these games and that like, don't punish me for playing, don't your punish game, me please. for playing your game. And I think that that, if that is the case, that's what's going to potentially put a, you know, redeeming quality on this game compared to a lot of its competitors, which eventually cap you by grind. Don't, they don't want you to grind the game. They want you to log in every day over time. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, there are rank rewards, so as you go up in rank, you get packs and coins. And then I think there are season rewards at the end of every season. I'll be able to know tomorrow because the season ends tomorrow. Um, now let's talk about what's paid. Uh, bundles. So lots there are <laughs> lots of bundles. Um, these bundles come in basically two forms. There are leader bundles. These are pricey. They're like $12.50. Um, 
Yeah, thirteen hundred gems, which oh, so thirteen dollars. So yeah, thirteen hundred gems. Just to give you an idea, for ten bucks, you can get one thousand and fifty gems. So you're going to be spending twenty five bucks. That's going to give you twenty eight hundred gems. So for twenty eight, so you could get two of them for twenty five bucks, basically. Yes. Um. Yep. And now those come with five packs, a new leader, or if it's a leader that um comes with it, an alternate art version of the leader and a card back, as well as an emote and a profile picture image. Um, yeah. Which I is think cool. Can... The alternate art version of the cards is, is of the leaders is actually really Look, cool. And the nice thing is, it's not just a card that goes in your deck. It's going to go on the board every yes. game. Yes. And yeah. the Superman, I'm looking at the Superman alternate art, and I really like it. It's him deflecting a bunch of bullets. I, I've as, I, I, as a kid, I didn't like Superman. I thought it was boring. As an adult, I've grown to really like Superman because I really enjoy... Uh, the the nuance of the character as it's been written in recent years. It's not just the you know you know big blue boy scout, right? Um, I'm a huge fan of the Batgirl one. I I, I freaking the Batgirl, love the Batgirl. So cool. Yeah, very cool. And that one actually comes with an extra uh, player icon. You can get two player icons mm. with that. Uh, I think Harley Quinn is the other one that gives you two player icons. Right. And so there's um that allows you to sort of if you've got a and it's usually you know, the favorite fan favorite characters, right? So, you know, Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, the 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 Justice League, basically. Um, you know, minus but Harley where's, Quinn and where's there's our Harley Martian, Quinn and Joker. Where's Martian Manhunter? Where's my Martian Manhunter? I love that guy. Yeah. Give me some John Johns, you know? You uh, know, Martian Man and Green Lantern, like they do actually have those as cards. Like Martian Manhunter is a card. Yeah, Aquaman. He's not a leader. Well. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, there's also a starter bundle and I did want to get your impression on this. Did you buy the starter bundle? Cause it's a really good deal. It is the best deal out of the things that they offer. That is true. Um, I'm looking for it really quick here. It so is the starter bundle comes five with bucks, what? basically five it, bucks, 10 packs and a and random, a random legendary hero. and yeah. a bat, uh, bat sim signal mm -hmm. character or player profile. Yeah. I think the starter bundle is great. I think I think that if you were going to throw money at this game, getting into it, I think five bucks for the starter bundle is completely reasonable. You know, I I don't know if I would unless I had a lot of money to spare. I don't think I would buy any of these leader bundles. To be completely honest, no. Um, They're it's cool. Still, like, a if good you were going to get into comparatively. it, comparatively, like if you're if you're gonna if you want to buy five packs, right, you might as well just buy the leader bundle, right. Instead of buying just five packs Which to buy five speaks packs, speaks more about how expensive these digital packs are than anything else. <laughs> right. And so let's get let's and let's go to that. Right. So the packs are basically five dollars per pack, which is wild. Oof. I mean, that's a wild price. Well, no, actually, now that I'm looking at it again, maybe are they a little cheaper than that? Maybe I, they're like they're no, they're cheaper than this. Sorry, um, we're a liar. I was so oh shoot, I was looking at the uh, the mini sets. The mini sets are five dollars. The packs are three a for buck five. fifty, which is awkward because the fifty throws off the math on your currency purchases. Uh, so look, you can get six booster packs for nine dollars, uh, which does make the I guess the leader bundles not quite as um, as great Appealing. of a bargain as I as I thought. But point is, um, it's it's fine, you know. I mean. I think the Hearthstone packs are about the same, right? Like a, a couple bucks, like two bucks per pack or something like that is how it works out. But look, at the end of the day, the bigger issue I have with it is that the the packs, they're like 2,000 in-game gold, 
um, which means like I like I mentioned, like you you basically need to do two to three daily quests to get a pack in game. Yeah, um, which is actually slower than when Hearthstone first came out. That is slower than Hearthstone. Yeah. You could buy basically one per day if you did your your weekly or your daily. It, Every other day, if you did not grind quests, or if you didn't grind games, right? And sometimes once per day, if you got a hundred gold quests. So, oh yeah, because um, uh-huh. those existed at at one point. Um, and then these mini sets. So this is probably where I am the most irked, right? Because the mini sets give you a leader, and these leaders cannot be pulled from packs. So, um, oh, you cannot. I think I think no. you can get a pack. No, 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 that no. Randomly I looked upgrades. this up. Okay, I'm wrong. You can okay. you can get all of the cards in it, the the cards centered around the character or that are, you know, connected to the character, but you can't get the leader. Now, supposedly, according to their website, the leader will become craftable in the future. Kind of like Marvel Snap when they had oh, yeah. their original like battle pass, their 5 10 dollar whatever it was and you if you bought that, you got Nick Fury. And yep. Nick Fury will be added to tier three polls in the future, right? Or, or set three or whatever it was called, right? And it's similar here in that in the future, you'll be able to craft the leader. But it does kind of rub me the wrong way because you can't spend in-game uh, resources for it. So I happen to yep. love Green Arrow. Big Green Arrow fan. I, I have to spend five in real life dollars uh, to get it no matter how much I grind on this game. And that is where like, I, I don't like when there are things that are non-cosmetic that are gated by, uh, that are gated by real money. Like I don't mind grinding for it. Yep. I really don't, but I, I don't like this. And so this is the big miss for me, truthfully. It, a spe- let's be clear though, especially in a game that is also monetized with packs. Yes. Right? Like, yes. It, it, it is one thing to say, hey, there's new cards. We're putting them behind a paywall and then we'll release them later. But you also are not buying anything in this game except cosmetics. And then it's like, okay, yeah, snap. Right. I don't really want to give you 10 bucks this month. I'll play my other decks and I'll hold up and try to crack this card later. Um, whatever. I'm not paying for anything. But whenever I'm paying for everything else in this game, right? Yeah. They, I mean, they are giving me some stuff for free, but I'm either grinding for it. So I'm either paying time sure. or I'm paying real money to be able to race ahead and not spend as much time. It <laughs> for me it's not necessarily the monetization model that's chosen. It is the combination of different of the worst pieces mm-hmm. of different games monetization systems that all converge in this game, right? All at the same place. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and, and and to me some of that's kind of unforgivable. Like in in today's digital card game I market. I think especially the mini set thing is the it, like in in all of it put together if they stopped the mini set thing, I would be more open and like, um, I maybe wouldn't like it compared to other games, but I would be okay with it. And I would, but the mini set thing to me is like, I don't like, and the, and Pokemon Unite does similar things, right? Um, it has done similar things in the past, but you know, and I've been very critical of it there as well. So lastly, and probably the big thing, and the thing that Mark, I think you're the most irritated by is the subscription. So there is a ten dollar yeah. a month subscription, and I want to go through what everything is because it's actually you get a lot of crap. Like it get, they truly give you a lot of crap, and this is different in my mind than the battle pass system that we've seen in the past, where you know we I would buy an LOR battle pass to want to support the game, and I would almost never finish it. Because the quests were boring, and I wanted to play the things I wanted to play. The quests make you play the 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 I 
how many times do I have to play friggin' Ionia in order to get through that one, you know, uh, Yasuo <laughs> battle pass one, right? Yep. And so it's like, it forces you into, so this is a little bit different. This is a membership thing. You pay $10 a month and out the gate every month, the start of every month, you get unlimited access to all the comics, which are, as we, as we've said, playable things or playable stories, little mini campaigns. You get 10 packs a month flat out. You don't have to do anything for it. You just get 10 packs for $10. A so month. then you get the discount, like a 50% off or a 30, Basically, 33% off discount on those packs. Right? Yeah. You get special promo cards. These are uh, basically alternate art versions of cards. Um, and these alternate arts can't be found in normal booster packs. And mm-hmm. if you buy into this membership in the future, uh, you'll also be able to get packs uh, that have access to previously released promos, right? And then at the end of it, you get uh, a secondary track on that daily reward system. So the daily rewards, the daily login gains extra stuff. And so you get a lot mm. of it all up front. Yeah. Yeah, so the nice thing is is that you don't have to grind out a battle pass. You just get it by logging in each day. Yeah, that's nice. 10 packs for subscribing does feel a little bit more like a subscription service. That being said, I'm also getting 10 packs, which isn't really guaranteeing that I'm getting stuff in the game. Here's what I would love to see. I would love to see a new hero come out each month Yeah, that you can craft. Or if you're subscribed and you're a supporter, right? You're going to get that at the beginning of each month along with 10 packs. You're going to get the new hero. And I, I would, you know what, I, I did hear that Hearthstone was considering this new model that I actually wish this game had that said, you can just subscribe to Hearthstone for 10 bucks a month and we will give you access to every card in the standard set. You know, and you boy, can would play that with be... all, all standard cards for 10 bucks a month, but you could still crack packs and it adds them permanently to your collection. So if you stop subscribing, yeah, fine, don't subscribe anymore. You get only access to the cards that you've unlocked. And if you continue to subscribe, you'll continue to get access to all the cards that are in the standard set. I mean, can I be honest? Like, I don't think this is a bad deal if you're willing to spend money on the game. Like, I, I think I think if you're, you're right. willing to spend money on the game, this is a good value if you like the game, if you know you're going to play it. The problem for me, and this is kind of where um, I want to sort of, I want to transition this away from just previewing the monetization to like giving our quick list of like what we don't like. And I know a lot of it is this system. Um, It's just that I would be way more on board with this of saying, yeah, I'm going to pay 10 bucks a month for this game that I like and want to support. And so far I've liked playing the game. I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. the mechanics. I've enjoyed seeing the characters on the screen. And I know if I can cancel any time, like, hey, you know, I'm realizing not playing it, axe the subscription because you get all of it up front. It's not a battle pass where every, you know, every month you're like, oh, crap. Now I feel obligated to go and play this game, not on my own pace. And instead, it's like, I can't wait to log in this month for all my cool things that I get to open. Right. It's like getting something in the mail. But here's the thing. They're not generous up front. And so that's the problem. I think Mark and and I and I don't want to speak for you, but I but for me, if you got a couple more leaders and you know maybe twenty more cards, maybe like three more cards in each faction, you know across the board, and you had more to mess with, then this would feel like you know like they were they gave me all this stuff and I'm really excited to take the next step in my collection, right? But the problem mm-hmm. is, and I've done this when I go in to build a deck. And I've opened about seven packs now, maybe a couple, maybe eight. 
right? But when I went in to build a deck and I said, you know what, let me build a flash deck. And I'm that's I'm going to use the, the green faction, the energy faction. Well, what options? I have 22 or maybe 24 total cards. Yeah, so I all have the four zero in choices. <laughs> Nothing yeah. no, like there's no choices unless I pull, you know, and, and, and really it was the couple of greens that I pulled from the packs that gave me the choices I had. And so the problem is in the initial stinginess coupled with the paywall yeah you know it's kind of like guys this is the most generous that you should be you are in open beta yes that you should that's, give yes. people like here's what you should be doing you should give people everything everything you should give them <laughs> everything and then say we're going to reset it you should give them everything. Well, now that that's definitely something they did. Well, I don't know if they gave everyone everything in the closed beta, but that's something that in a LR. lot of closed betas they do. Um, open betas, they they typically they're since they run longer, they don't want it to reset on people and people to get frustrated. And so, yeah, but it's like, but 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 okay. no, but I hear you because like I'm also I also think what they should maybe do is say we're gonna have a bunch more cards as rentals. You know, or something yeah. like that. So you can play with it and see what you like and see if you see, that's the thing. Like they're not, I'm fine with the carrot dangling. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. It's just how things are in our, in our in video sure. gaming, right? They dangle the carrot, but if they don't give you enough of a taste of the carrot, what's going to make you want to leap at, <laughs> you know, leap forward yeah. and pay some money. Like, I think that's the big issue is like, you don't have any you don't have any deck building choices outside of anything things you pull in your first five packs. And like I cool, I pulled an Alfred. Yay. I played Alfred, it made me happy. But like everything else was pretty uninspiring because I don't have enough of it to do anything with. Yeah, I literally played, uh, I threw a Batman and Superman deck together last night. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I used all but like six of my cards in the two factions that they make up. Um, I went in against a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy deck. Um, I lost so fast. Uh, I got absolutely yeah, mollywopped. That's what I've been playing, uh, the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And yeah. it's uh, it's aggro. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Then I went up <laughs> against a Doomsday and Superman deck. I stood a little bit of a better chance, but I still got absolutely wrecked. And I mean, these are people with the card backs. And it's not like you can't tell, right? There's not enough cosmetics in this game for you to not be able to tell that somebody spent money, sure. right? And so it's like, oh... You're you're using the Superman bundle card back, and you're using the alt art, and you have a bunch of like really like a a, a, sure. a, a guy guys I don't even know how to get. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, you spent money. You spent a whole bunch of money on this game, um, and and I know it's not a small amount because I know how much the stuff costs. Right. So I feel like it's like to play in the beta. I have no choice but to invest a bunch of money. That feels really bad. You know, I don't know. I, I It's hard to tell, uh, frankly. And I, I feel like next week when we record again, we'll have a better idea of if that is true. I have played uh, four or five games in the ranked, and I have no idea how they're matchmaking. I truly have no earthly yeah. clue. Now, Marvel Snap did that bots. Remember that? And we a were lot of bots. Like, I didn't love that. Didn't love that. Didn't mm -hmm. love it. Didn't love getting wins I didn't deserve, right? Um, now so far I have only lost one game. So I'm like three and one or four and one. Right. And 
I have admittedly been playing what I, when I quickly looked through the decks, what I ascertained to probably be the fastest and like the best with what I had, which was the Harley Quinn thing. Now, I also built a Batman yeah, deck. Inmates. Built a Batman deck and played it. Uh, actually, I played it against the AI so that I could farm my weekly quest of like play a billion actions because the gadgets are technically actions. And so I felt mm-hmm. smart and creative for doing that. Um, but uh, I, I, I have, I, I can't tell. I truly can't tell because each of the cards, outside of some of the basic characters, all of the cards seem bubble good. You know what I mean? Like, like theoretically decent. Like, no card feels like it's filler outside of the couple cards that are blank stat characters that you start the game with. But everything I've pulled from You're a pack, have that. everything I pulled from a pack has been like, oh, this seems theoretically good. This seems theoretically good. You know what I mean? Like, they don't seem that off the mark, mostly because there's not a scaling mana system one through seven, one through ten. It's are they bronze, silver, or gold? Mm-hmm. And you're comparing them across all the bronzes. You're comparing them across all the silvers. And there's a lot of different things you you might want in that. So I think I think ultimately it's going to be hard to tell how pay to win it's going to be. And I also have no idea. I would love to know before next week, how are they doing matchmaking? Is it open beta like anyone against anyone? That might be a problem, right? Yeah, because they just don't have enough players to be able to delineate that much, right? Yeah. So, so let's let's get off this because I think we're we're done with the bad and just quickly the ugly. Um, look, the game's not; it's in beta, and part of that is a certain acceptance of issues, right? Some things yeah. I've run into sometimes. Like one thing I really don't like is how hard it is to see how many cards are in your opponent's hand if they don't have a a card sleeve or deck back or whatever. Mm-hmm. If it's the generic thing, it's all grayed out. And I'm like, I'm straining my eyes to count how many cards are in their hand, which as we all know, in card games, is something you want to keep track of. Right. Um, also, when you name your deck right now, I don't know if this is just me. You cannot put a space. You cannot in put it. a space in it. What is going on with that? Why and, does the space bar not work? <laughs> it, the space bar doesn't work. And more than that, you can't put apostrophes. And like the I, crazy I thing, can't. the crazy thing is in the. I'm so glad you noticed this too. I could not deal with that. I could not deal with that. I can't. That's so ridiculous. Well, because the decks that they give you, the starter decks, have multiple spaces in them. The one of them is called the brave and the bold. And meanwhile, I can't. Put a two my, le- a two word. My my deck's called uh, Bemensman One. <laughs> like, I made a Batman Superman deck like you did. I wanted to call it World's Finest, and I I'm like World th- World. Th- <laughs> damn it! <laughs> oh, it's just so annoying. So that's like really stupid. I think there's some clunkiness in terms of like hovering over the cards in your hand when your hand gets bigger. Right. The yeah. Targeting. Sometimes they won't come up and sometimes like it just won't, it won't pop up for you. You know, yeah. I don't know about you. This is like, maybe this is a bad, not really a ugly, but like, I kind of hate how aggressive the sound effects are. And I also kind of hate the music. It's yeah, like the music. I, I got rid of the music. Why, <laughs> why wouldn't they add like some, like the, some of the music from the animated Batman show, the Superman theme, like rotate through some of the iconic scores in the DC universe. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't just inc- include that in the game. Warner brothers in DC who has the rights to those things. Definitely at least like the Batman animated. So you like, you know, I mean, that's just a big missed opportunity. Right. Um, you know, I think honestly, like the overall design of sort of like the exterior around the game is a miss. Like yeah, the pseudo sci-fi sort of like Iron yeah. Manny. Why didn't computer- they go comic booky? 
yeah, I like you could go comic booky. You could go almost like a little bit more of like Gotham grungy. I think fits DC pretty yeah, well for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that like you could have like why I I just feel like the sci fi esque. It's not even sci fi. It's like techie. Like the techie yeah. is just like it's it was just out. easier. Yeah, it I was mean, just imagine, easier to here. Out. I'll pitch you. Imagine it's a uh, Daily Planet newsstand. And they got all these newspapers with, you know, the deck instead of like the whatever that breaking the headline is, you've got the Daily Planet and then deck builder. And, you know, here's like a pinned up like it's a newsstand. Here's a pinned up picture of Superman or whatever. And go play, you know, like whatever, like you could do or again, you could do a Gotham thing, right? Like you could definitely have done something to make it feel more thematic more thematic i think they just yeah i think they just missed the mark so at least so far so far right, who knows? and they could change i mean they did that with lor lor had that massive overhaul of the home screen and it did mm-hmm. a lot to make that look a lot better and then i had a unique bug that i just wanted to tell everybody about where i opened some packs and i went to the deck builder and i couldn't find alfred and i was really mad because i knew i wanted to play alfred because i pulled him and i was really excited about it um and i couldn't find him and i searched in the bar doesn't didn't even show up in like the potentially like owned not owned category right and i was like did i not get my pack um i don't know why that happened but i closed the game out restarted it, and alfred popped back up i had that happen oh, no. a second time where i opened a pack and not everything in that pack got added to the collection and in fact it's not that it didn't get added it didn't show up as a possibility in my collection so after opening packs, maybe close the game and reopen it. Uh, just a just in case that happens to you. Little bug. <laughs> little, little, little bug. Little bug. Any other bug. Um, any other ugly things that you know stand out to you? Um, I don't think so. Honestly, the space in the name was the most irksome. That uh, was thing. crazy, dude. Is the most. How did that thing. get get through? Ta- like I don't understand. Like that's that's that seems yeah. so simple. I don't think just like the overall seeming. It's not that the game isn't polished. The artwork is good. It's not bad looking. Mm-hmm. It's not that that. I just think that there are, like you said, missed opportunities there to really draw me in and make me fall in love with the the thematics and the art and the direction right like it just seems like there was no brand director on staff here yeah like somebody from dc who's like hey have you thought about making this more unique or have you thought about using some of the unique sounds and and soundtracks that we have literally the copyright you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah 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 so i think uh, you know but that once again a lot of the uh, i don't know I'm sure they're going to get a lot of backlash. I know they've gotten a lot of backlash already over the monetization system. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that can change. And so that's one of the reasons that we're going to talk about it this week and next week. So next week, we're going to cover uh, favorite cards and decks, tips. uh, If you're going to do some collection building, general, some general strategy stuff, stuff like that. Um, And things that we hope will change when this game leaves beta. Um, I think for both of us right now, this game is really this week. Anyway, it's a wait and see. It's like, hey, there's some yeah. cool stuff here. There's some cool stuff here. We are enjoying the gameplay of yes, it. Yes, there's I can a lot of stuff on. Yeah. Truthfully, say the gameplay. I'm having a lot of fun with the periphery. A lot of the stuff around the gameplay is the stuff that's like, man, don't ruin this because you could do something really cool here. Um, I, and I think all of that stuff, right? The core gameplay is usually the thing that's not going to change between now and the game releasing. Right. Um, like it's this far along, they're not going to change how the game works. So that's good news. A lot of the stuff between the monetization model, the music, the thematics, the tutorial, 
that stuff actually is capable probably of changing before it releases. And we'd love to see some of that. So for me, it's a wait and see, but we'll do a final verdict next week when we talk about it again, along with letting you know kind of what other card game conversations we're going to have for the remainder of the month. Um, and one of the things we didn't even get to talk about today, which we're going to talk about later, is uh, a new Star Wars collectible card game, mm-hmm. uh, trading card game that's going to be coming out in 2024. And uh, the beginning of next episode, we're going to be spending some time talking about Star Wars Unlimited by Fantasy Flight. Um, with all that being said, the DC Dual Force, this hour and 30 minute conversation which is largely that long only because we spent 30 minutes yeah, we talking just... about everything but this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's just how it goes. I just feel like there's a, a, a larger and larger backlog of stuff for us to catch up on now in September or October, right? Than there yeah. was in you know February of this year. Um, but anyway, anything else, DBM, before we cut out? No, I just think, you know... Um a lot of these months we encourage folks to, to play along with us. Um, and, and even though we're only going to be doing two episodes on it, um, this is something that we will likely, you know, make our recommendations to the game. Not that anyone's necessarily listening, but in case somebody is, you know, and really just throw out like our, uh, what do we want to see from this when it like launches launches, right? What do we want to see over time? And just like we check back in every once in a while on, you know, um, uh, the other games that we've played uh, throughout the course of this year, we will likely revisit this and say, how, you know, how did our sort of predictions and recommendations and sort of areas of improvement, how did that shape up? So this isn't the last you'll ever hear of DC Dual Force. It's just that for the first two, you know, for this, it's not really enough content for the full month, but we do recommend that you download it. It's free to download. It's free to get yeah. started and PC, mess with the not mechanics. On, not on your phone. It's right. On it, it's Yeah, it's only on PC. But like, truthfully like tag us in discord and let us know what your impressions are too. give us a gut check like are people liking this is this something that like do we think this is gonna stick like i just truly am am uncertain and that's why i think mark and i are like we don't want to get too in the weeds on it when yeah this could completely change in a year it might I hate to say it, but like looking at how the DC MOBA went, it might not be around for more than a year or two. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know there was one. Oh, okay. you, you wouldn't have known, right? <laughs> so, point is, um, I I'm really really curious for this game, especially to hear what our you know listeners are thinking about this game and when they try it out. Like, because I think again, speaking for Mark and I, we're just kind of nonplussed at some of the things going on with DC mm-hmm. Dual Force and it's just really hard to read how this game will perform long term. And I want it to succeed. Like I want a great DC card game. Yeah. Like please give me that. Can I that would be great. Can I do a little hot take here? Like, sure. I actually then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I actually think it might I might play this for longer and long term enjoy it more than Marvel Snap. Mm, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's accurate. I think that Marvel Snap for both of us was one of those games that was like, man, this was really cool until a point. And that point came at about the time that you finished like your collection. It became almost impossible to get the new cards. Yeah. Um, and then that game was like, okay, yeah, I've done this. I understand it. I mean, and done. again, you know, Snap had it, deck building was like not really a thing. Nothing like you didn't feel like you're building thematic decks. You're just jamming a bunch of random Marvel characters together. You know, and I well, think, and I think, I think we this, said, from the, yeah, good. I just think that this stands to be a more a deeper game that's going to appeal to gamers, like dedicated, long term, hardcore card game players, 
more so than something like Marvel Snap. So in that way, it's possible this game does better than Marvel Snap long term. But then again, that might be the exact reason it doesn't. Hard to tell. All we said about that from Marvel Snap from the beginning, this game is some mixture between a card game and a mobile game. Yep. And I think the mobile game side of that won out on us at about March of last year. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah. When we thought we were going to keep playing it really long term, uh, we hit that marble that that mobile game wall. This game doesn't feel like that. It feels like mm-hmm. an actual card game um, that is geared towards mobile versus a mixture of a mobile and card game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to do it for this episode. I got work to do. DBN's got stuff to do. Uh, and uh, and I don't know. We got to play Destiny sometimes. Yeah. So we'll do uh, too many games to play. Um, but that's <laughs> going to wrap up this episode. DBN, thanks as always uh, for doing the episode with me. And thank to all of you. Thank you to all of you amazing listeners and patrons out there. We really appreciate you guys. I know that uh, we haven't done a tremendous amount for that. Uh, we did like all of the videos and stuff. We used to do, like giveaways, all that sort of stuff. Just so you guys know, like one of the things that I'm doing is I am refocusing some of my time and energy on some of my own personal content. And so I'm starting to stream in the evenings. So right now for sure, like Monday evenings, nine to about midnight PM uh, EST, I'm going to be live streaming um, and doing card game content. So if you'd like to come by and check that out, I'll put a link to my Twitch in the chat. Um, And then I'm also probably going to be doing at least one other evening a week. I just don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. Stay tuned. Um, And I want to focus a little bit more time and energy on some of the, the card gaming community that I haven't left uh, but uh, with everything I had going on with the online church, just taking a backseat to the last couple of years. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And I'll be live on Twitch on Monday nights. If you want to come hang out with me and experience some DC dual force next week, uh, come and hang out and we'll do some, some conversation about it. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this episode of legends cast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and be sure to come back for next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of legends cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network.